<sighs> Welcome to Jeff in Motion Special Edition. Um, I'm recording this on a Thursday on the way home because um, I am not 100% sure if I'm going to make it to work on Friday. And no drive to work means no recording, means no podcast. So, in the interest of keeping a schedule, I'm going to record today and have it post at midnight, so you guys still get your podcast on Friday, a lot earlier than normal, Um, so that's a consolation of it not being 100% as fresh, quote-unquote, as it normally is. Um, it's only Thursday, and it's still been a hell of a week so far. Uh, you guys are pretty caught up with where I'm at. Um, homework is not as far as I'd like it to be. Of the three assignments I needed to do, um, I'm about two-thirds of the way done with one of them. Uh, And that's the final project for the three classes. I also have to do an exam and write a paper, too. This is a... Yeah. Yeah. So... You can check uh, in on my ever more desperate homework situation this coming Monday, uh, assuming I make it into work that day, too. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Um, yeah. Yeah. All said and done, I'm not as depressed as it was Monday because I've had a lot, a lot of positive feedback for the podcast. Um, Especially the weird, super depressed, passive-aggressive one. Um, A lot of positive feedback on that one. Um, I understand that episode plus the little bonus episode kind of wrapping it up as being a decent combo, but it itself, I don't know, maybe I'm too close to it to see it. The diet's going alright. It's going alright. I did fucking, I did cheat a little and had a couple kernels of popcorn, and by kernels I mean handfuls, Um, but it did not seem to affect the weight loss that much Um, since starting Monday I've lost 5.8 pounds Um, it's a modified version of the slow carb diet as found in the 4 hour body book Um, it's a super drastic diet oh it's a red light Um, compliment I am not in a mood for funny voice compliment Um, 
apparently Monday's episode wasn't terrible, and I should not regret putting it up. That's as good, close to a compliment as you're getting today. Um, anyway. Where the shit was I? Oh, compliment. I lost 5.8 pounds in four days. There. Fucking compliment. Anyway. Um, so yeah, if you're interested, it's a super, super restrictive diet. It's not meant to be something that you stay on forever. Uh, it's meant to lose you a lot of weight in a little bit of time. Um, but yeah, after I'm really in the swing of the diet, not having cravings nearly as often, I will, uh, move to, I will make the jump to exercising in addition which will help out probably get back to the kettlebell swing that I was doing when I was on the diet last time, too. Um, Jake update. He has finished... He's finished the intense medication. He's got another medication that we've got, like, two weeks of. Uh, but we've decided... We made the executive decision, my wife and I, to cut him off of that early. Uh, let the medicine get out of his system. See if his legs are still working right. Um, because we're not sure if it was a combination of both the medicines that gave him the liquid shit. If it was um, just the intense one. But as he has already uh, started to have more solid shit that he's still shitting in our house but it is more solid far easier to clean up um so we're gonna we're cutting him slow we're cutting him off of the medication we'll see if his legs uh continue to work if it was just a soreness issue um because yeah uh we're not we can't comprehend dealing with this shit issue for like another two weeks. Pardon me, it is very warm in my car. I'm gonna turn on the AC for a minute. In a minute. Okay. Mmm. I am sick to my stomach because I've just got so much homework to get done and not not a lot of hours to get it done in. Um I estimate that I've got over twelve hours of homework to do and I've still got the podcast and the open mic to do this weekend, plus uh, if I want to stay in a situation where I'm living with my family every day, I should probably give them the time of day at some point during the weekend as well. Uh, but not to dwell on that, not to dwell on that. Um, we put out another podcast. Uh, would be this morning. Um, it's a sports podcast. I haven't listened to it yet. I'll give the first episode a shot, at least. Um, I'm not really into sports at all, at all. But I like Tim Musser, and I'll give him a shot. You? Know? But I uh, customarily with the last seven podcasts we've released anyway. Wait until we get them into iTunes first, then give them a listen. Because, uh, I tend to listen on the go, 
or on the move a lot. So, yeah. Wait till he's in iTunes to give him a download. Which should be, should be in a day or two. Should be too long. No. Um. Oh, I'm just trying not to be a downer. Because you guys have heard it all already. Um. Man, let's see maybe what's on my list of topics. Um, I know. <laughs> I know. I will tell you a story. Uh, and not so much a story as a series of small, smaller stories. Um, for the open mic on Friday, or Saturday night, I told you all that I'm going to be telling several short stories of rejection. So I won't tell you those now, because a lot of you that are going to be at the open mic will listen to this, and I don't want to spoil it. But there's one, one girl who didn't reject me, well, after a while she didn't, and that was my first girlfriend. Huh, 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 huh. Oh, man. Well, I can't say my first girlfriend, because there was a girl apparently that I dated without ever knowing for almost a year, but that I'm going to talk about on the, uh, at the open mic, I think, so I won't tell you that story now. Um, I might tell it later. But this girl, I met her in middle school. And in my ninth grade year, I spent the entirety of that year trying to convince her to go out with me. I'm sure begging happened. I, I don't know if I've established this before. I know I have on the Popular Outcast podcast, but maybe not this one. I was not... I was a very different person in high school than I am today. I have a lot more self-confidence now. And, um... I mean, everybody thinks they were an idiot when they were a kid, right? But I was definitely an idiot. And not, not at all popular or liked. <laughs> I've told, I know I've told this story on the Popular Outcast podcast before, but at one point around my junior year, I believe good friend of mine, Mike Hobbegger, came up to me in band, and he said, Jeff, I don't understand why, but nobody likes you. And I said to him, thanks, Mike, thanks a lot. That, uh, it's really great for the self-confidence. He's like, no, no, I just... I mean, I don't get it, because you're great, you're funny, you're you're nice, but, like, everyone that your name comes up, they all hate you. I was like, you're not helping the situation, Mike. This, uh, kind of sucks what you're telling me. And he's like, no, like, he was on the golf team, it's worth noting. I was on the golf bus, and your girlfriend walked by, and somebody said... Somebody made a comment and then about how hot she was, 
And then someone else is like, yeah, she's dating that faggot Jeff. And everyone on the bus agreed. No one disagreed. Absolutely everyone did. I was like, Mike, come on. This isn't... I understand that you're saying that you don't agree with them. But this isn't knowledge I needed to have. And I mean, it's kind of one of those things that you suspect in high school as a paranoid kid, but then to have someone confirm it for you. I mean, granted, as I was being told these things, one of the first things I thought was, well, this is a fucking funny story, even though I am the butt of the joke. So, I hope you enjoyed that hilarious story, which I completely admit is hilarious that I am the butt of the joke of. But, there's a little little bit of uh, insight into my high school experience in general. But, this girl, uh, who I have not decided whether or not I will say her name here, um... If you knew me in high school, you know who she is. But her name will probably slip out at some point. It was a unique name. But I don't know how I got it in my head. I think in high school, maybe she was somewhat nice to me, which was unique. <laughs> so I, I just fucking begged this girl. To, to date me, to be my... To, I don't even think it was date. I don't think it was go to a movie or anything. This part of the memory is pretty vague. I just know that it was end of freshman year, she finally caved. And here's a pro tip to all you kids out there. If you beg a girl for the better part of a year to be in a relationship with you, you're not setting yourself up for a good relationship. Uh, there's a metaphor I used when talking to somebody else not too uh, long ago that I really, really liked. Um, you're not building the house that is your relationship on a rock. You're building it on the beach. And yes, that's a biblical reference, but whatever. The Bible has a lot of great metaphors in it. And a lot of great messages in it, too. A lot of awful shit and a lot of just lies. But that's not what we're talking about right now. This uh, this girl, she, she decides to... I, I can be her boyfriend. And, um, and it's one of those relationships where absolutely every one of your friends knows it's terrible. And has told you it is terrible. But... You can't see it, because you're in it. Um, and everybody knows this. They've either, either, they've either been in this relationship or have been good friends with someone in this relationship. And they, you just, you're blind to any criticism to the relationship. And even though subconsciously you know it is terrible. And this girl... Um, pretty volatile uh 
got lots of fights, which uh, ended up being not so much fights as her just screaming at me and me apologizing as fast as I could. Um, I don't know if this was one of the key reasons that I blame myself for every every issue in my current relationship with my wife, but uh, I know that it frustrates my wife to no end that I only blame myself for things. Which, who'd think you'd have that problem, right? That you'd get in trouble for blaming yourself for something? I mean, it's great, because Asim cares for me and doesn't want me to do that. She wants to me to call her out if she's in the wrong, which I still have trouble doing. Because I... My default setting is assume I'm at fault. Um, I don't know if it's uh, because of this first relationship. I'm going to use her first name just because it's going to get confusing. Uh, Star. Yeah. Yep. Name was Star. And uh, if you can put two and two together uh, to figure out her last name, you probably already knew me anyway and then knew most of the story. So... Enjoy that. Uh, sister was named Sky. <laughs> Star and Sky. Indian names, according to her mom, whose name was Nancy. Yep. Anyway. Uh, oh, God, Nancy. Her mom was nuts. Uh, I could tell where Star's temper came from pretty easily. Uh... So there was a lot of kind of that awkward being in a, in someone's house while they're getting yelled at kind of situations. And, uh, well, actually not as much. A lot of, I gotta say, a lot of uh, Star's mom's quote-unquote craziness was hearsay from Star, which now, when I look back on it, I don't know how much of it was true and how much of it was teenage girl imagination or being blown out of proportion I don't really know I know that Nancy gave me a vibe that I didn't trust so there's that um, but I don't know if that was influenced by my undying quote unquote love for Star um, oh man I'll tell you what first person gives you attention love is that word that you throw out there I didn't love her. I liked her a lot. And I was very dependent on her. But didn't love her. No, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, I was telling stories of Star to my uh, carpool buddy at one point. And I had a really odd realization that you kind of, you know a thing deep down, but your brain doesn't click until you actually say it to somebody. Star used to hit me a lot. Like, whenever she was in these, whenever she got mad, whenever she would swing to mad, it often involved, like, hit me in the arm. Um, it was often, you know, heavier body areas. Like, she'd never, like, nut shot me or clocked me in the face or anything, but... Uh, she would hit me frequently um, to the point where I mentioned it 
which is saying something because I am was I am a pretty big pushover now, but like you could get away with fucking anything with me before. But she would leave bruises uh, all over my arms, and that's something that, when said out loud, far away from the time, really stands out. That, uh, yeah, (laughs) that I was part of a violent relationship. I mean, granted, the relationship part of it was just terrible, too, also. Um, (laughs) but that was just something that I, uh, a realization I had later in life that was, I feel interesting to share. That, uh, I mean, granted, It was never like a split lip or anything. Uh, It was by far one of the tamer violent relationships out there. But it it was there. It was it. It was that. I was afraid to stand up to her. Um, Especially during times where she would hit me. Um, It became like... And of course there's this weird dynamic uh, of being the guy in the relationship and not being allowed to call it that. You know, not being allowed to be like, hey, this is a violent, rela- This is, you're abusing me. Abusive relationship, that's the word I'm talking about. Cause, I mean, God, she mentally abused me to no end. Everything was my fault. Everything was my fault. Um, if I did anything I didn't do the last musical of my senior year because it would take away from time we would hang out together. Now that's fucked up because it was motherfucking footloose. And I could have fucking rocked something there. It was my senior year. I was in line for a fucking lead role, man. Fucking A. I mean, I live my life with no regrets. That's something I'm bitter about. Granted, I wouldn't have gotten to do a bit part as a bartender in The Invisible Man, the play, which had a a better resource schedule. But, I mean, I made a lot of friends that didn't cross over from plays to uh, musicals, oddly enough. Um, There was. There was a lot of crossover. And it was kind of weird, because I was in the play, but not the musical. And it was my first play, but of my high school career, but also the first musical I wasn't in of my high school career. So, any fucking way. And, you know, there's this weird place that you're in when you're in an abusive relationship as a guy where, who who do you go to, you know? You tell your friends that you think you're in an abusive relationship, you assume they're just gonna pick on you, because that's what guys do. Um, I know a couple friends that probably would have been cool about it, but you don't you don't assume that when you're in high school. You go to your parents, your conservative Christian parents, who are like, my girlfriend hits me and makes me feel bad about myself. What are they going to do? Either say man up or leave her. Um, shit's sake. Uh... My little brother, six years younger than me, he wasn't at a point where I could discuss things like that. It was... And I didn't 
I mean, I wasn't self-aware enough to call out what I was, what was happening. Like, so I didn't even know that I should really have escaped that relationship long before it ended. Um, it lasted four years, by the way, but we'll get into that. Um, I could talk. I could do a podcast solely based on this relationship. Uh, I'll bet you. But you're getting the abridged version. And um, this rela- there is this relationship was fucking doomed from from go. It was gr- it was doomed from go. Uh, <laughs> man, but it took. Over a year for us to kiss. Granted, because I'm a total wuss. I was a total pushover. Like, and she, like, I was religious. But my parents were still, they're decent people. You know? And they taught me to question things. And to, like, interpret the religious teachings on my own. And not take everything for face value, which again I've established really did lead to me ending up leaving the church, which I'll touch on in another day that I want don't want to talk about how depressed I am. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not depressed; it's stressed out. I'm stressed about all this homework I have to do, and fun things that I have to do that are going to take up homework time. Anyway. But where was I? Um, so she took the sex before marriage thing to a fucking brand new level. A level of paranoia that, oh man, is funny now, was not then. Um, took about a year till we kissed. And then, you know, great. Kissing's great. We, you know, we moved to making out pretty quick. Um, I'm just going to summarize this here. We dated for four years. I never made it past second base. And to clarify, my second base is hand on boob. Um, and that is under the shirt, by the way. Never saw those guys in real life. Only the Braille versions. Um... Yeah, four years. Four years. Uh, oh <laughs> uh, man. And, you know, I didn't pressure, I mean, I, it got to a point where I would bring up taking it to the next level. And shortly before the end, I was allowed to touch her vulva over the underwear. But that was... But! (laughs) I forgot about this. (laughs) I was allowed to touch her there. But I was not allowed to make her orgasm because that, in her mind, was considered sex before marriage. So we could make out and... We could, I could touch her above the underwear in the vulva region. And uh, she did the, an equivalent for me, but again, 
couldn't reach orgasm. That was... Oh, God, the Mia today doesn't know how I put up with that shit, but I did. But I did, because I had no self-confidence. I assumed that this, this woman, this girl, was doing charity work by dating me. And, um... But, oh, God, so many juicy things I forget. The reason we moved to the can-touch-her-vulva area but not under the underwear was when I got to college. So granted, we went three years barely making it to me touching her boobs. Three years. Um, this is all with the hitting and the, the fighting all the time. And we were one of those couples that broke up constantly. We must have broke up 10, 15 times. Um, and you know, each time we'd get back together, oh, it was within hours often, sometimes within minutes. There's another hint to you, uh, friends. If you're breaking up all the time, there's just something not right there. What are you, what are you, what are your reasons for getting back together? Is it because you really think it'll work this time? Or is it because, or is it because you're just scared of being alone? Anyway. So, we'd gotten through that. Uh, the hitting had come down a lot due to some breakup negotiations. And, uh, and I didn't even get fucking breakup sex, or breakup makeup sex. You know? I got maybe a, a makeup, a, a makeup makeout. But that was rarely. So I, I'd been in college for about a month. This is Susquehanna University uh, for veterinary. And you know, there are girls and everything around. And I'm just like, the sheer amount that my eyes were wandering, I was like, you know what? Uh, we didn't go to the same college. We were about 20 minutes apart. 20 minutes apart, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Let's just, you know, let's just... Let's just call this off. I actually did the breaking up, surprisingly. Because uh, at some point during this relationship that I begged to be in, she became very controlling, very obsessive, and sort of lost all of her friends. Like, she only hung out with me. And I didn't require that of her. And it kind of alienated her from her friend base. Which, of course, was my fault. Remember, everything is my fault. So it became that I begged to be in this relationship and then was trapped in it. So I kind of, like, I don't see her a lot. Um, I was driving up to this college, her college, every so often just to say hi are, uh, oh, for fuck's sake, yeah, um, I would go up, uh, her mother worked as a librarian at the school, so there was no way, her paranoia of this woman, her mother, was baffling, um, I'm trying to get my order of events here, 
Anyway, um, so, okay. So, it was, it was less than a month. It was weeks into college that I kind of decided to, well, let's break it off. Um, she got so upset at the breakup that she... I don't exactly know what the facts are, but she ended up in the hospital. Due to stomach pain, stress, something? I don't know. And this was, of course, my fault because I broke up with her. Um, Here, ladies and gentlemen, is where I should have just said, Wow, that's fucked up, but it's not my fault. Let's leave it. But no. Um, I felt bad. I felt guilty. It was my fault, after all. So, I... You know, I started talking to her again. It had been maybe five days. Maybe. And at this point, her mother had forbidden her to get back with me. Because I'm the problem. It is my fault, after all. And, but she still, you know, she wanted to, she wanted to get back together. So we did. And, uh, so I would go up at least every weekend, sometimes during weekdays, at the drop of a hat, if she needed to see me. But at this point, I had to do it under the cover of darkness. And she had to make sure the hallways were clear, so literally no one saw me come into her dorm room. Um, She was so paranoid of her mother, she thought that her mother might, I don't know... Uh, question her the people on her dorm floor might camp out outside of the dorm room I the the logic is not there but I had to do this and she wasn't making friends quickly at college so this was another thing and I would come up and I would spend the night sharing a fucking single a fucking single bed because she was privileged enough to have a dorm room by herself. That's also, that's an important fact. Um, and this is where the quote-unquote heavier petting came in without orgasm, because that's against Christ's teachings. And uh, slowly, over more conflict, more fights, more punches to the arm, um, as she made more friends, I was allowed... I was allowed in. I was allowed to meet these people, uh, quote unquote. And but still, it had to be secret from her mom. Had to be. Had to be. And at one point, one of the bigger fights, we had gotten to the point where, under the covers, she allowed me to get completely naked. Because I. Honestly, I sleep best that way. Uh, She wasn't going to touch me. And I wasn't allowed to orgasm. But I was allowed to be naked. And at four years, when all you've done is touch a boob, you're fucking desperate. You're fucking desperate. So being naked in bed with a girl, I'm okay. All right. Um, It was one of the secret days when I wasn't, no one knew I was there. So someone knocks on her door. It's college, that happens. And, um... She tells me to hide under the covers. She answers the door. 
a couple people invite her to go out for coffee. It's like 9 or 10 p.m. And she does. Yeah. And of course I'm furious. Left under her covers naked for over an hour. Um, I told myself that I should just get dressed and leave. I don't. Because I'd feel guilty. Um, I'm driving by the school that she went to right now, by the way. <laughs> um, she gets back, she apologizes. I tell her it's okay. I tell her I'm mad, but it's okay. It's not okay. <laughs> I think that fight, the resulting fight there, led to... Led to the, um being able to meet her friends thing. And, you know, it was pretty rocky. You know, her parents didn't know we were dating anymore. Uh, they hated my guts. Um, I'm, I know for a fact that my parents weren't a huge fan of her, but they held their tongue because I wouldn't hear any of it anyway. And, um, it's just, we're fighting a lot. It's a hell of a drive. I don't have a job that can really allow me to put the gas money to drive 20 minutes at a whim for her. So, you know, things are rough. So I do, you know, the most logical thing. I buy a ring and I propose to her. I'll let that sink in. I found out through later study and talking to friends that uh, that's not an uncommon thing in a long-term relationship when things start getting really rocky people will get engaged or a far more extreme and stupider version have a kid they just think that this commitment will fix everything <laughs> here's a secret it does not <laughs> not at all it will procrastinate the issues it'll you'll have something else to concentrate on um and I can't deny now thinking about it I would not have admitted this then that I just wanted fucking laid and I thought a ring might do it did not by the way people did not that might have been the catalyst for the able to touch each other over underwear oh my god I just remembered something we got to the point, this probably was after the uh, engagement, oh man, that we were allowed to quote-unquote dry hump um, in underwear. Well, no, 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 no. There was, we did it in underwear a few times, and uh, I'm, I'm a man, this friction, I, I came, I orgasmed, which she took her a while to get over, but she decided that if just she or didn't orgasm, it was okay in Jesus' eyes, somehow. Um, but then, there was the pregnancy scare. I can't believe I forgot about this. She was convinced that it was possible for semen to seep through my underwear, onto her underwear, seep through her underwear, into her vagina, and get her pregnant. While 
perhaps if I were ejaculating buckets upon buckets of semen that that might have been a 0.01% chance of that happening they was it was astronomical and I bought this girl 19 years old at the time I believe we both were no uh, maybe 18 18 we both were we were very close in age pregnancy tests for this issue yeah I went out of my I had to drive to a Walmart buy a multi-pack of pregnancy tests because my semen might have through osmosis gotten her pregnant never had sex by the way we've never had sex I touched her boobs and dry humped um yeah yep yeah that's the thing that's just a little side aside <laughs> man so as you can assume things quickly got back to awful. Um, and she would dangle sex uh, over me. Like, she had condoms that she'd been given for uh, school and uh, from the, like, health department. And she'd be like, you know, maybe. Just maybe I'll be. And it never happened. So, uh, I wasn't completely at fault here. I wasn't some, like, trying to take advantage of this girl, I was being led on for her to, as an ends to her means to keep me around, to keep me controlled. I know that now. I did not at the time. Um, and we were... At one point... Oh, and this fucking girl was one of those that... If... I didn't speak to her on the phone for upwards of three hours. I was mad at her. So, then, I wasn't, we were, well, we can't hang up yet, but then I would get in trouble because I did not have anything to talk about. So, I'd get in trouble if I tried to hang up. I'd get in trouble if I had nothing to speak of. This is the kind of relationship I was in. We got in a fight on the phone at some point. And I don't remember, it came up, sounded like she was, ah, she was afraid her mom might have found out. And we're engaged at this point, by the way, again. We had not figured that part out. The, her mom, her parents not hating my guts. We hadn't, we hadn't really figured that out. And she said, and she, at some point, she threw out, well, maybe we should just break it off. Or break up. Maybe we should just break up. And in the split second that this was said, I took notice to the fact that I had literally no emotional reaction to that. This girl, who I'd been in a relationship with for four years, four plus years, and was engaged to, threatened to break up with me, and I had no emotional response at all. And this was all a split-second realization, 
And I said to her, okay. And I hung up the phone, and I haven't spoken to her since. I'm really proud of the Jeff I became that day. Um, I mean, I lost a ring. Granted, it was like 300 bucks. And a couple good books. But that was really it. Granted, oh man, she called right back and texted. And it was years later, people would run into me and be like, Hey, a while ago, Star got a hold of me. Uh, Told me to try to tell you to call her. Um, she called people that I that I didn't even know I was acquaintances with, basically. And this was pre-Facebook, by the way. So, well, I had just formed a Facebook. This was on Facebook. I had maybe, maybe got it after we broke up. I don't remember. But this was not when a Facebook was something that interconnected the world. And she could have looked up all these people that are vaguely acquainted with me. She did some fucking sleuthing. And, um, yeah, it was a hell of a thing. I'm sure I missed things, little, little tidbits of hilarious absurdity, but, uh, I found out years later that she married one of the guys that she was newly friends with in her college dorm. So she literally married the next guy she dated. Which tells me that I'm sure she didn't have room. She married the rebound guy. Which... She, which means she didn't grow up at all before dating again. Which tells me that... Uh, which actually kind of makes me sad. Um, man, I'm home already. I could go into the fact that, uh, oh, fuck, uh, I've got to talk about my six-month stint with, uh, Wicca, but that happened, and my beginning with tattoos and piercings, because that all started in the tail end of her, our, my relationship with her. Well, it's time for me to take my photo. Uh, you guys are going to be, this is going to drop at midnight, uh, on Friday morning. So, you probably will be listening to this on your way to work. But, huh, I wonder if this will ever get back to her. <laughs> and I also wonder how much, uh, how much what I remember is factually accurate. Everything I told you today was as I remember it. Alright, picture, go. Alright. This has been Jeff with your special episode of Jeff in Motion. See you Monday.